Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi guys, welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Today on the podcast, we're going to be breaking down the real housewives of Potomac. You guys, I'm already starting to get nervous about them being off the air. We're on episode 12. I know we got a bunch of episodes left, but I'm beginning to get a little bit of that panicky feeling. Like, what are we going to do? What the fuck are we going to do when they're off the air? Because we need them now more than ever. I don't, when the finale comes, you guys, I'm going to be shaking in my boots. I'm going to miss them so much. Miss them so much. I know we have some other shows on. Orange County's on. They're back. They had their premiere. And I told you guys, we're not recapping it on everything iconic. But I do have a couple little stray thoughts about the premiere. Do you have a couple stray thoughts? You didn't think I wasn't going to give them to you because I'm going to. Uh, you guys, the premiere opened with Gina Keogh's voiceover. Remember Gina? Gina Keogh's doing the voiceover like Desperate Housewives. And I like that. They were taking that uh, the, that little editing step, or I don't know what I want to call it. They, were, they did something fun and creative with it. Um, but it also just made me miss the old episodes. I was like, oh man, I miss when I liked the cast of this show. Do you know what I'm saying? It was like a bad reminder of what the show used to be. And they showed all these, a montage of these clips of years past. And I just thought, bring me back. Bring me back to the years with Lynn Curtin in the cuff line. You know what I mean? I miss, I miss some of those things. And I didn't really find the rest of the premiere even compelling. Like I was actually feeling like, oh, I'm glad we're not recapping that on the podcast because I just didn't even find it very interesting. I'm fascinated by Bronwyn's storyline with the, um, she did come forward and say she was an alcoholic, which I thought was very compelling stuff. Um, but I, I feel like it's going to be one of those shows I might put on in the background, but I don't think I'm really going to watch it this season. I'm just not even interested. I'm, even though we have barely anything else, <laughs> almost nothing else to watch these days, I feel like I've watched it all. Uh, but aside from all of the political stuff and the Kelly Dodd of it all on Orange County, I do feel like I'm not even interested in watching this COVID stuff play out. I feel like because we're still living through it, I just wish we took a longer hiatus. I know people want to work, I get it. Uh, but I wish we took a longer hiatus because I'm not interested in seeing something play out on screen that I'm still living in my everyday life. Does that make sense? And all these shows are doing it. I was uh, on Netflix this weekend, and Netflix has got a Zoom scripted show. NBC's got a Zoom scripted show. I don't want to see a fucking Zoom scripted show. No one wants to see that. Okay, there's no reason that we should be doing Zoom scripted shows. If you can't film anything else right now, just don't do it. There's plenty of content in the archives. I was on YouTube. There's plenty of content there that the networks could pick up and re-air. I was watching episodes of the Rosie O'Donnell show. Let's put those on the air. I don't need to see something about a Zoom scripted Zoom people pretending. I don't know, you guys. And I didn't watch those Zoom shows, so I don't even know how they were. Uh, But uh, we don't want it. Not now. Not now. We've been through enough. Things, you know, we think we want something. So 
someone in a conference room somewhere was saying, you know, I think they might want a Zoom scripted sitcom or something. And we don't. We don't want that. And some of us, uh, some of you guys listening might have been bamboozled and put it on. I get it. I get it. You know, just the other day I was talking to a friend. We were talking about Adele. There's all these rumors about Adele coming back this November with new album, new music. And I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, we all think we want new Adele, but we don't. Not now. Not now. We can't emotionally handle it. Could you imagine what what we're all going to be like if in November Adele releases new music? We are crying enough tears at this very given moment. The other day, Spotify, it played on Shuffle and it played a Cheetah Girls song. Remember the Cheetah Girls from the Disney Channel? It was on Shuffle. A Cheetah Girls song came on and I started crying. I I thought there's no way. I'm bawling to the Cheetah Girls. There's no way I can listen to a new Adele uh, ballad. There's no way. So we think we want it. By the way, also, I laughed that my Spotify just played a Cheetah Girls song randomly. It was like, my Spotify just knows I'm so gay. (laughs) Here's this. They always randomly will play like an Ashley Tisdale song. And I do love Ashley Tisdale. I love her. Uh, But it makes me laugh when it comes up with a playlist and like 70% of the playlist is just Ashley Tisdale and the Cheetah Girls. Like, what? uh, who among us... doesn't love uh, a Cheetah Girls song, um, but it is it is shocking. You guys, before we get into Potomac, I do have a little detour, so fast forward if you're not interested, but I got to tell you this. And it's a little bit a little bit gross, but I feel like I have to tell you guys. So I, it's, it's just something I got to live my truth. When I get behind the microphone, I live my truth. And so this is my truth. Uh, about a week ago, I was flossing Actually, a couple weeks before that, I was <laughs> I was eating a bunch of caramels during the debate, and I felt like something a little loose in one of my teeth. You know, I had eaten a whole bag of caramels because when you're watching those debates, the first one I watched, uh, the first one we had, and the only one actually, uh, a presidential debates, I was getting so stressed watching it that I ate, accidentally ate the whole bag of the caramels, which I wouldn't normally do. You know, I normally have like a handful of caramels, but I ate the whole fucking bag. So I felt it getting like a little bit loose, my filling in my tooth, Uh, but it was fine. You know, I was fine. A week goes by and I'm flossing and the filling just came out. It was a nighttime. I was in bed and I started freaking out because I was like, Matt, I thought it was a tooth because it was like a, I don't know, it was like a double filling. So it was like, it looked just like a tooth. It was big like a tooth. And I freaked out. That's never happened to me before. I've never just had a filling fall out of my fucking mouth. So I'm freaking out, and Matt thinks I'm crazy, my boyfriend, because I'm like, Matt, my, my tooth fell out! My tooth! <laughs> freaking out. And I'm like asking him, do I go to the emergency room? Like, what do I do? Uh, and it really spiraled me, too, because you guys know I had had some health issues this year, and I was thinking in my head, like, I can't take one more thing. Um, but it turns out, like, losing a feeling, it wasn't that serious. But I was freaking out when it came out. And thinking I needed to immediately like go to the ER. I'm like, do we go? Do we go? And he's like, no. Like, you, he's like, does it hurt? I'm like, not really. Uh, he's like, so just sit down and go to bed. Like, just go to bed. He kept telling me to like have my melatonin gummies because <laughs> he knows that once I pop those in my mouth, I'm going to be out like a lamp. So he's like, you know, just have a couple extra melatonin gummies. And he'd shove the whole bottle down my throat. You know, he'd make me dry swallow that whole bottle if he could to just put me out. Uh, but he told me, just go to bed. So the next day, oh, well, so that night I go on the internet because this has never happened to me before. So I'm freaking out. I Google, like, what happens when you lose a filling? What do you do when you lose a filling? And I'm reading, like, these message boards. And that's always a mistake when you go on those message boards because everyone's just giving really shitty advice. But I did see on there somebody said, save the filling uh, and bring it to your dentist 
so that either they could, I don't know if they said they can match it up or, I don't know why they said to save it. But so I, I went and I put the filling, which again, looked like a big ass tooth. It looked like bigger than one of my teeth, I think. It was like really big. But I wrap it up in a tissue. The next day, I call, I had to find a dentist because my dentist is in Ohio. I'm normally back and forth between here and Ohio quite a bit throughout the year. So I've been going to the same dentist since I was a kid, Dr. Silk, love him. But so I haven't been able to go back to that dentist because this year, the pandemic, all the stuff going on. So I didn't even have a dentist here in LA. So I find a dentist the next morning and they were able to get me in right away that day. So that afternoon, I had some Zoom meetings. So I had to get dressed up uh, for a couple Zoom things. I put on my button down uh, and then I had to go to the dentist. I don't know, like three o'clock or something. So I put my filling that's wrapped in a tissue. I put it in my little button-down pocket on my chest, you know, the shirt pocket. And uh, I do my Zoom meetings. I go to the dentist. The dentist didn't even ask to see the filling. I just showed the dentist where the filling came out, and they refilled it. It was great. Great dentist here. Wonderful. Moving on. So I get home. I change. Next day, I think, oh, I got to go take my dry cleaning. So I get together all of my dirty clothes, like the dirty button downs, the ones I like dry clean, you know, the nicer stuff. So I get it all together. I put it in a tote bag and I go to my dry cleaners. And you know how now, right now, because of the pandemic, we got to stand in line six feet away from each other. So on the floor of all these places, whether it be the grocery store, the dry cleaners, wherever, they have those little foot marks, right? Those little feet that you're standing six feet apart from people. So I got my tote bag full of my button downs that are going to be dry cleaned. And I'm second in line. There's a woman in front of me. She's at the cash register for the dry cleaners. And then there's a, an older gentleman behind me, an older gentleman right behind me. Uh, and he, pretty old, I'd say he's like in his 70s. Um, but he had like this, he also had a tote and it was like a, I could, he, he was a gay man because the tote had like a shirtless cartoon man on it. <laughs> I need to find out where he got that tote. But uh, that's not the point. The point is, I'm second in line. The woman in front of me, she finishes up at the cash register, and she leaves. And so I start walking towards the register at the dry cleaners. And my shirts are kind of like falling out of my tote, and I'm pulling them out to put them on the counter as I get to the front of the dry cleaners. I'm pulling them out to show the woman at the dry cleaners, like I got, I don't know, five button downs and a pair of pants or whatever. So I'm pulling out the shirts, and as I'm pulling it out, I had totally forgotten that that filling, which looks like a full tooth, or I guess, do you even consider it a full tooth? Or it's just a filling? Unclear. Anyway, I'm pulling out my button down, and the filling falls out of the tissue and rolls behind me as I'm walking to the register. And I kind of notice, I see the tissue fall out, and then that's when it all snaps clear into frame that I'm thinking, oh my God, like that filling was still in my shirt pocket. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, the tissue. So I go to pick up the tissue. Well, it turns out like the filling had rolled behind the tissue. I should have put it in a Ziploc bag. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, ladies, am I right? But I didn't put it in a Ziploc bag. I put it in a tissue. So I pick up the tissue and I'm like, oh fuck. The filling is out of the tissue. Where'd the filling go? So then before I keep even to gather myself, my thoughts and get my footing, I noticed that the filling had rolled behind me to this older gentleman. Now, this older gentleman, of course, instinctively just bent down to pick up this thing that he saw rolling on the floor. So he goes, he bends down. I'm thinking, oh, fuck, don't pick it up. Don't pick it up. But I couldn't even say anything. There was no time. It was all moving so fast. Time uh, was moving quicker than ever. 
And so he picks up my dead tooth filling and he holds it in his hand and he's like reaching his arm out at me as if to say, oh, here, is this yours? He's like, oh, he looks down at it and he says, what's this? And I I didn't know what to say. Do I lie at that moment? I'm not quick enough to lie like that. I don't have the wherewithal to make up a lie in that moment. So I said, that's my old filling. That's my old filling. That's what it was. It was my old filling. What else was I fucking supposed to say? It was my old tooth or my old dead filling. <sighs> you guys, his face. He got the heebie-jeebies. Of course he got the heebie-jeebies. Of course he did. And so as I say it's my old filling, he's probably thinking he said, we're in a pandemic and I'm holding this man's old tooth or whatever the fuck it is in my hands. So he notices, he realizes in his fingers is something that used to be in my mouth in the middle of a deadly pandemic. So of course, of course he gets the heebie-jeebies and he shakes. And as he shakes, he shakes and sort of throws it up into the air. Okay, he throws it up to the air. He did like a little, <laughs> he did a little like, oh, <laughs> Which, uh, you know, I'm not one to judge. You know, I've screamed a time or two. Uh, I scream like a little school guard, a little schoolgirl if I see a spider on the ground. So this man, of course, he's holding someone's old tooth that he doesn't know. And so he throws it up in the air and goes, ooh! <laughs> like a turkey on Thanksgiving getting chased by uh, someone trying to kill it for dinner. He's like, ooh! So he throws it up into the air. And as he throws it, that woman that used to be in front of me that's like exiting the dry cleaner, now she's like dodging a tooth in the air. You know, like she... Because she overheard the thing. It's all happening so fast, but she overheard it. And so she sees the man just like shakes and throws the dead filling into the air. And so she's dodging it like she's in the fucking Matrix, Keanu Reeves. She's dodging the old filling. And I'm thinking, oh my God. And I'm trying to like get the filling, but also I'm not, I, it's a small dry cleaner. So there's not a lot of space. So I'm like trying to dodge them while also getting this dead filling that's flying throughout the air. So she runs off, the woman that was in front of me, she runs off. The dry cleaning woman is just staring at me like I'm fucking nuts. And now I'm on my hands and knees, like chasing after this filling. And let me tell you something, they must have just mopped that floor because that dead filling was, I've never seen it uh, roll like that. I didn't know anything could roll on the ground like that. They must have just waxed that fucking floor because it was just, I was on my hands and knees trying to get that filling and it was slip sliding to the other end of the room. You guys, I'm chasing after my old filling on the on my fucking hands and knees during a pandemic. This is why you should stay inside. You stay inside. Thank God I had a mask on because I don't ever want anyone to know that was me. I mean, here I am telling you guys, but I was horrified. I'm on my hands and knees chasing on the ground my old filling. I finally get it, and this old. I, I say to this man that caught it at one point, had it in his hand. I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Like I was just coming from the de- coming from the dentist." But of course, there's no real way to explain that situation, right? Like, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know that anyone, I didn't mean to like save it. It wasn't like I was saving it for the fucking tooth fairy. I just thought I needed to go to the dentist with it. I've never lost a filling like that before. I know it's gross. Some of you might be grossed out by this story, but I didn't know. So I had it wrapped in a tissue. And then I'm also thinking in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm turning into my grandmother. My grandma Rose used to wrap everything in a fucking tissue. Did anyone else have a grandma like that? My grandma would eat half a cough drop and then wrap it in a tissue and put it in her purse and like save it for later. It was like, Grandma, we can get you another cough drop. <laughs> we can afford a second cough drop, Grandma. Like, I'll buy it. It was I remember being like eight years old and being like, Grandma, like I'll get you another cough drop. But she would wrap it or anything. She would wrap an old Werther's original. She'd wrap anything in a tissue. 
everything. My grandma had a, everything in a tissue to open up that person or just be little balls of tissue, but everything had the surprise in it. Like it was a, I don't know, birthday surprise when you open up her tissues. Uh, anyway, so I didn't know how to explain it. So I just said, ah, sorry. You know, I'm like kind of laughing it off. I'm like, I had to go to the dentist. And I wanted to leave, but then I also had to drop off my dry cleaning. So then I had to go to the counter. It was my turn. The woman who runs the dry cleaner is legitimately horrified. And she's probably thinking, what else am I going to find in these clothes? Like, she probably didn't even want to take my clothes to dry clean them because I'm sure she was thinking, uh, what else is going on? So as I'm pulling them out, she says, uh, when I hand her the pair of pants, she said, is there anything in the pockets? She said it just like that. And I was like, is she trying to, like, she trying to insult me or something? And of course she asked that. That makes sense. She's probably thinking, I hope there's no other dead teeth flying around in those pockets. Like, I don't want to open them. So she says, is there anything else in those pockets? And she said it with such a straight face. There was not an ounce of humor in her voice when she said that. And I said, no, like, it was just the one dead tooth. It was in my button down, but just that one. <laughs> Oh, you guys, it was horrible. And the guy, I, I sort of tried to laugh when I talked to him uh, as I was going, but he didn't find it funny. And I get it. I, uh, quite frankly, if I accidentally held on to somebody else's dead tooth, I wouldn't find it that funny either. I know I keep calling it a tooth. It was just the filling. But it was like a double filling because it was for back. Oh, guys. It was, uh, you know, it was rough, rough stuff. But uh, thank God I had a mask in my face. So people wouldn't recognize me. Again, I'm giving away my cover because I'm telling you all about this story now. Just on my hands and knees, chasing after my tooth. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow, Danny. Wow. It's a rough day. A rough day, but luckily my teeth are good. I take good care of my teeth, too. I don't want you guys listeners to think that I, I don't know, take bad care of my teeth. I floss every night. I just was stress eating during the fucking debate. As we all probably were. How do you not? How do you watch any of this stuff, or how do you go about your days without stress sitting right now? In 2020, it's impossible. Anyway, you guys, I'm sorry for that detour. I had to take a little tooth detour. Um, we got to talk about Potomac. Let's play a little clip, and then we'll get into uh, this week's episode. Is, is she paying you as well to, to speak for her no, and be her mouthpiece? You, you have been very aggressive toward me. She, she's she's being paid. Oh, I'm being paid by whom? I'm already married to a millionaire. What do I need to be paid Congratulations. for? Congratulations. Not for long. Okay, the Real Housewives of Potomac. This whole episode's all centered around the sip and see with Wendy and her husband and the baby. And Wendy says at the beginning of the episode, she's planning the sip and see. She said there's going to be 50 people invited. And she said she's going to invite a lot of the women that she wants her daughter to emulate, like people that she wants uh, the daughter to be like when she's older. And that made me laugh because I was just thinking, like, I wish that was like my sip and see. And in my dream of dreams, I could have had my own sip and see when I was a baby. And I would have women that I like just admired there. Of course, my mother, but then also people like Cher and Dolly Parton at my sip and see. I mean, that would be a good time, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that just Sally Field just at my sip and see? Like, welcome Danny, the baby. And then it's just <laughs> Sally Field. <laughs> Uh, anyway, they're a beautiful family. Wendy and her husband, Eddie. I'm very into Eddie with the glasses. He had the button up right up to his neck. And I really like when guys do that, when they have the button up to the neck. But I find Eddie very attractive. The whole family, though, is gorgeous. Like, I, you guys know I like Wendy. And they got lots of family drama, which I think is interesting. I think Wendy will be around in Potomac for a while. I believe. That's my theory and my prediction. Because she's got a lot of family drama. She's also not afraid to back down when it comes to the group dynamics, which I like. But I did feel bad for Eddie because apparently his siblings sided with the parents 
and they don't have a relationship. They don't have a relationship with Wendy and Eddie, and that makes me sad. After all we're going through this year, I feel like if anyone's out there listening, if you have any uh, issues with your family, which we a lot of us do, right? We all have issues with our parents, our siblings. But I encourage you all to reach out. If, if you have a parent that you haven't spoken to in a while, I know there's different instances. Some of you might have good reason for not speaking to that person. But if it is something that you can go get over, I encourage you all to just reach out to your mom, your dad, your sibling, someone you're not talking to in a while, and try to mend because we only got this one time on earth. And if it's something you can mend, you should try to mend it. That's my advice. Here I am on a soapbox. <laughs> soapbox. Doing it. Give him a call. Shoot him an email. You could just shoot them an email right on their Facebook wall or something. Like You don't have to reach out in a big way, uh, but, you know, reach out in that way. Also, I was thinking with the sip and see, like, their, their sip and see was so, uh, it was so chill. And I was reminded of the Real Houses of New Jersey, which it wasn't a sip and see, but the baptism on Jersey. Remember that episode where Joe Gorga was, like, going nuts and there was that big fight? It was, like, season two when the Gorgas came on the New Jersey franchise and Joe Gorga was like, You're my father! Remember, he was like shouting that, you're my father. <laughs> it was a really dramatic moment. I'm not laughing at the moment. I'm just laughing at my terrible impression of Joe Gorka. My father. But it was, I remember that well. I remember it like it was yesterday. And that was, how many years ago did that New Jersey episode air? A hundred years ago. Uh, meanwhile, we cut to Ashley and Michael at the doctor's office, the therapist's office. And Michael, as they enter, he did a little jig. Did you guys see this? He did like a little dance move or something. I don't know. The only way I could describe it is a jig. You look like Ashley Simpson on the SNL performance when she was didn't know what to do because um, the audio track played and she wasn't singing. Remember that? I'll never forget that moment either, by the way. Uh, but he did a little jig like that, like Ashley did that day. And I thought, that's a little too much movement for somebody that's been cheating on his wife and is an overall big asshole. So he did that, and Ashley sits down uh, with the therapist and Michael, and she says, Michael had an indiscretion. She said, we used to have this relationship where we would uh, hook up with other people, but it was always together. It was never separate, and I don't want this anymore. She says, now that I'm a mother, I'm not interested in this life uh, like this. And Michael's response, the very first thing he said was, sorry, babe. Sorry, babe. And he said it in that kind of way, just like, sorry, babe. And I'm like, fuck you. Ugh. This Michael's the worst. The worst. He said, sorry, babe. That's all you can say? He should be groveling at her feet. He should be kissing those toes. I don't know. Is that something people do, kissing those toes when you're apologetic? He should be kissing those toes. Quite frankly, kiss those toes, Michael, because it's unacceptable. Then he said the baby created this new restriction. Or or he was like blaming the baby in a way. That's what it felt like to me. Like blaming the baby for him being pushed out of the relationship. Like somebody needs to push him out of the house. Ashley needs to push him right out of the house, keep the baby, take the money, and run. I'm sick of this guy. I know they're having another baby, and God bless, but he's really a trash human. He's really a garbage can. A garbage pill. You know how they have the garbage pill kid? He's like a garbage pill adult, only not as cute uh, and not something many children want, quite frankly. But they were at the therapy office, and did you guys notice what they were wearing? Can we talk about what Ashley was wearing? And you know I stand Ashley this season, but I have to just point out that she was wearing uh, knee-high boots, knee-high black boots, and hoops that were uh, two feet round. The width or the diameter on those hoops that were round on her ears. Where's she going next? Where was Ashley Darby going next? I know they're on a TV show, but she did not look like she was going to a therapy session. Okay, I see a therapist. I, I'm doing it on Zoom now, but even beforehand, it wasn't like I was doing it. I wasn't getting dressed for a club night out. 
Ashley had the knee-high boots on. They look good, but I thought they're going somewhere next. Here they are telling the therapist, like, we used to have this relationship where we'd hook up with other people, but we'd do it together. And I'm thinking in my head, they're definitely going to a swingers party after this. That's what I believe. That's my truth. I think they were going to a club, and they were going to pick up a third or a fourth or fifth, and they were going to go back home. Baby Dean was off. They, they found a sitter for Baby Dean. She, Ashley probably gave Baby Dean to the mom. And said, oh, we got to go to therapy office. But really, they were also planning to go to the club. That's my theory. Maybe I'm wrong. Allegedly. I don't know. But it seemed like, why would you wear the hoops like that? You don't wear hoops like that unless you're looking to get some, I believe. And ladies, I love a hoop. Don't get me wrong. But those are big hoops. And I love a knee-high black boot. But not for the therapist's office. She couldn't even stand up at the end of the therapy session. He had to like help her up. Like Somebody had to hoist her up. They had to get a PA in the frame to hoist Ashley up from the couch because she couldn't sit down. Because you don't wear that kind of outfit when you're sitting on a couch talking to a therapist. You wear it to the club when you're going to be tricking. That's what you do. You know? I mean, she couldn't even get up. The poor PA. Where, if the PA is listening, whoever the PA was that worked on the Real House of Potomac that had to help Ashley up uh, and down off that therapy couch, God bless you. Get a raise. Somebody get that person a raise. Let's see, we, we do a little montage of the other woman. We see Giselle. She's looking at her TV and her decor. That decor, you guys. Giselle's home decor. <sighs> Giselle's home decor. Can we take a moment of silence for that? Did you guys see that TV on the wall? That's the best part of the whole thing, because you're not looking at the other things, at least if you got a nice TV show on the, on the screen. Because when you look around that house of Giselle's, Every corner, every you look, every my eyes hurt. I needed to get some Visine or something for my eyes because they were in pain after I saw Giselle's house. Her decor is not great, and I'm no fashion. I'm no design maven. I do think I have good home design uh, sensibilities, but I, there's nothing to brag about. Although here I was just bragging. But Giselle's home decor is just rough stuff. Rough stuff. Then we see Robin. She's at the basketball game watching Juan, which I really loved. He, he coaches college basketball. I love college basketball. I know that's like a weird thing people wouldn't expect out of me, but I do love college basketball. And my brother actually used to play college basketball. And I remember when I was in high school, my brother Brian played for Kent State University. And uh, it was at the time when they went to the Elite Eight. So they were like a really good team. And it was so exciting every game we'd watch. Um, we'd watch the sports ball every <laughs> It was really fun. Uh, but I always had a soft spot for basketball, and it's another reason why I love my Juan. It's another reason to love him. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are, are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Everything Iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y.com slash everything iconic. Uh, then we see Wendy at home. She says she's not inviting Monique to the sip and see. Then we cut to Karen and Ray. They're putting out some Halloween decor, and Ray was walking with these big dummies. And I'm not talking about Michael. He was talking, he was walking with some dummies. Um, for Halloween, and it was so funny. I think they named them named them Edwina and Corinne or Edgar. The names kept changing for these two dummies. Did you catch that? They kept changing. I was like, who are their names? I don't know. It was either Edwina and Corinne, or but they also mentioned Edgar. So unclear. Uh, but Karen and Ray then they go on a talk, or, or they go on a walk and they talk about Surrey, which was the homecoming that we witnessed last week on the show. Karen said, that is my foundation. I wouldn't be where I am without that. And I did sort of feel like Karen was talking about her life as if she was Julie Roberts, you know, after she won the Academy Award. It was like Karen was talking about, like, that's my foundation. I'd be nothing if it weren't for that time in Surrey. And I'm thinking, like, what are we, what are we comparing right now? I know she's on a TV show, which is great. But really, when you think about it, like, this TV show about your life. So it's not like, I don't know, I feel bad talking badly about our Karen, our Queen Icon Legend Karen, but it's not like she has much discernible talent other than being great on a reality show. Does that make sense? And that's no shade to Karen because she's got a successful, or she's got a perfume line. And so I'm proud of that, but it just, it it felt a little bit like that to me. And then Ray, of course, knocked her down a few pegs, which I didn't appreciate either because he was saying something like, uh, now that you've gotten all this fame and fortune, it's gone to your head. And then I'm thinking, too, are we, how much fortune? Like, the housewives don't get paid that much. I'm sorry, they just don't. So the, the fortune, I was thinking, what's the fortune? What are we talking about here? Because if it's from the housewives contract, I don't think it's a fortune. And I can't imagine, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know that the perfume is bringing in a fortune, maybe a small fortune. Maybe a small fortune, maybe it's doing well. We got to smell it. We got to find out what it smells like. I do love Karen, though. And I feel so bad, of course, every week with Ray. Sorry, babe. And he, of course, can't even say he loves her properly. And he says, like, you don't give me the attention anymore uh, that I, I want or it's changed or whatever. And she pointed this out. And I was thinking the same thing. Like, why would you, why would I give you attention if you can't even say that you love me? Like, what would be the point of that? 
the scene ends, they're walking, and then there's deer fighting in the background. And it was very metaphorical. And I like when this kind of thing happens, because it's like God sort of intervenes and is like throwing... God decided that deer should go into frame, you know, and and be metaphor for this scene uh, going on between Karen and Ray. And that was a beautiful thing. (laughs) That was a beautiful thing. Meanwhile, Candace is on the phone with Dorothy, the mom, and Candace is going to give the testimony. And as she's in the car, she's on the way to go give the testimony against Monique, and she starts crying. And I'm starting to realize Candace is trolling us with the tears. I believe her to be trolling us because we've all pointed out before that Candace is always dabbing the napkin in the corner of the eye. And she comes out with a napkin, first of all, wherever she is. She doesn't matter if she's wherever she is. She could be in a fucking tanning bed, and somehow she'd have a napkin to dab in her eye when she cries. I think she's trolling us because every scene she's in lately, she's crying. And I know people are sad. Who among us doesn't cry at random? <laughs> but she seems to be crying every scene now. And it's too much. And she's always dabbing the eye. And I think she knows we find that funny, so she's doing it too much. That's what I believe. So then uh, we at Robin's house, we see that she's selling these uh, hats, uh, a company called Embellish that she started. And Here's what I gotta say about Robin. I definitely think she's the most boring housewife that I still want around. So I hope that doesn't come across as mean because I actually genuinely like, like Robin on the show and I never want her to leave it. But I was thinking in my head, like, of all the housewives who are, you know, she's, she's kind of, at least this season, I'd say Robin's like a little bit more boring. Like her storyline isn't that intense, although it looks like maybe later on down the road it gets intense. Uh, but despite her being, maybe a little bit of a boring storyline, I still want her around because I love her. I'm so, I find her very magnetic. It's the word. Very magnetic. Don't twist the words. I love my Robin. I just, um, it's just some of her scenes can be a little snoozy and I still like her. That's what I'm trying to say. So then Candace, we have a scene with her and a guy named Clifton who's wearing a very big hat. And they sit down. Candace says, you know, she's been having a tough time. This is her friend that she's had for life. And she tells, him that she went and did the testimony thing or whatever. And this guy, uh, he's comforting her. And Candace says, look, I've been having a really rough go. I had to put post-its up around the house that say, it's okay. And then the editors show us around Candace's home. She just has post-it notes that just say, it's okay. And they're on a different, like a piece of artwork hung on the wall or, or on her mirror, it says, it's okay. Or in the kitchen, it says, it's okay. And I was thinking that Giselle should put those around her house. Giselle should get some post-it notes that say, it's okay. And she should put them on the pieces of decor that she needs to replace. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, that'd be a good way. That'd be a good place to start in terms of getting a redesign on Giselle's home. And maybe Giselle likes the way that home looks. You know, God bless. If she does, that's her style. Good for her. Uh, But if anyone out there is thinking about redesigning, it might be a good option for us. You know, I'm trying to redo the bedroom in our house, in our apartment right now, and we don't have a lot of space, but I'm thinking, you know, that might be a good place to start because sometimes you look at what you have and you think, well, do I want to get rid of that picture or that whatever? So if you just put one of those Candace post-its on it, then you can focus on that thing and think, okay, I need to replace that. Does that make sense? God, I need to get my own design show on HGTV. Somebody needs to call. <laughs> to call me. I'm willing and able, HGTV, if any of you are listening. I think that's a great idea. I do. So Candace says she doesn't think Monique is remorseful because of what she said on social media. And then the editors show us Monique being so-called not remorseful on social media. But really, they only showed us 
Monique had like responded to somebody saying something about Candace with like an emoji. It was like really not the smoking gun that I thought anyone thought they were giving us or showing us. I thought that was weird. And of course, Candace cried again into the napkin. So then we see Wendy and Eddie getting ready for the sip and see. And uh, Eddie is thinking about reuniting with the family. So he does text to invite his family to the sip and see. He does text to invite them. Then, before the sippancy, we cut to Ashley at her Uncle Lump's house. I think his name was... I, I was honestly, you guys, I apologize. I, I don't remember if she said Uncle Lump's or Umps. I don't remember the name. It's something Umps. And of course, then my mind was just going to the Clumps. Do you remember them? The Clumps from the 90s? Uh, Eddie Murphy? Remember? <laughs> a whole movie. They did a whole couple of movies about... People, the only joke in those movies was that this family was like fat slobs. And I'm thinking, what the fuck was that? How did that get made? The 90s were a weird time because that would not get made today. Nutty Professor to the Clumps, I'm sorry, would not get made in the year 2020. The whole entire premise was just this family's a bunch of fat slobs and Eddie Murphy plays them all. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> what was that, you guys? What the fuck was going on with that? The Clumps. Remember Janet Jackson was just inexplicably in it. She had a great song on the soundtrack, but, like, what was that movie? The first one was cute. I know the first one was based off of a Disney movie. I don't think part two was. I think part two, they were just like, here, Eddie, put on the fat suit and go to town. He just improvised for four hours, and then they cut it down to two. And they released the movie. I wonder if Janet Jackson even read the script. Who knows? That song, I love Janet, though. Ugh, I love Janet Jackson. Um, And that song, Doesn't Really Matter, is a bop. Anyway. So we're at the Clumps house, or the Lumps, or Umps, Ashley's uh, uncle's house. The mom shows up. She's got an eye patch. Uh, and eye patches are really in right now. I don't know if you guys saw Kelly Clarkson's wearing the eye patch on the talk show. Did you guys see that? She's got the eye patch. So I'm thinking about getting myself an eye patch now, because everyone's getting them. Um, everyone's doing some eye patch work. Maybe I need to get one. So Ashley tells the uncle and the mom, she said, if anything else happens with Michael, I'm going to leave him. And the uncle, rightfully so, says he wants to see Michael. He says, Michael's been ignoring us. And I want to see this Uncle Lump fuck him up. Uh, you know, not physically, but I would like Uncle Lump to have a sit-down sit talk with this Michael, because I don't think Michael's remorseful either. We talk about Monique not being remorseful. Certainly, Michael's not remorseful enough in my eyes. So then we see uh, Wendy and Eddie and the family getting ready for the sip and see. Their kids are adorable. There was one little shot of the little boy wearing heels, and I lo- it was so cute. The, the family is beautiful. Little baby Cameron is adorable. Adorable. And this event is going to be all pink. All the ladies are wearing pink. Robin arrives first, which this is shocking. It happened again before. There, again, earlier this season, we saw Robin show up first. Like, what is going on? And it's revealed that Monique was charged with second-degree assault. So as the women arrive to the sip and see, Giselle sits down with Karen and Robin, and Giselle says, look, I googled second-degree assault, and I figured out what is the difference between first-degree, and she's laughing about it, and Karen's not having it. Karen's like, I gotta go get some water. So Karen gets up, away from the table. She's pissed, because she's sort of siding with Monique a little bit, but she doesn't want to outright say it. She wants to play the center. And I appreciate that, but they're not uh, letting her get away with it. They are not letting her get away with it. So then, uh, they're all wearing this beautiful pink. Ashley arrived in a very disco purple-pink ensemble, which I really liked. Uh, Wendy's mom, guys, Wendy's mom, in head to Gucci like a boss. I love Wendy's mom. 
head to toe Gucci. Did you guys see that? She had that Gucci hat. She had the Gucci shoes. I mean, that is some style. I love this Wendy's mom. And oh, Wendy's hair in the confessional. Did you guys see this? It says Dr. Wendy in the hair clips. Oh, I loved it. So Candace arrives with Dorothy and her husband, Chris. Uh, Chris was there, but no, none of the other husbands were really there other than Eddie, which I thought was interesting. Um, and so all the women are there except for Monique. This party looks really fun. It looks really nice. They had a, one of the cocktails there was called Cameron Capri Kool-Aid, which I thought, like, I need to know what that is. Like, I want some of that. But they did a little ceremony. Wendy introduces women she wants her daughter to be like. She introduces her sister, her mom. Beautiful moment. It's very beautiful ceremony that they were doing. They had a microphone. It was pretty intense. They were showing a little baby Cameron to the people that were at this event. And as this is happening, Ashley's just sucking down a corona. Did you? I, I thought, how did she even get a corona? Because it didn't look like the type of event uh, where you could just easily get a corona. It looked like you, they had nice cocktails, specialty cocktails. But Ashley always finds that corona. Every single time, she's always able to find that uh, corona. And even during this beautiful family moment, she was sipping on the Corona. Good for her. She's consistent. Then, uh, let's see, we... Oh, it was really cute when they were dancing, and they do what they call the money spray, where it's just everyone's just throwing money at the baby, and I'm into that. I'm into that. In Nigerian culture, we spray you to celebrate you. Spray, spray, spray. Yeah, mango, yeah, mango. Ego is money in Igbo. Uh, then they all sit down to eat. The food looked delicious. And I love Nigerian food. And I was just, uh, it all looked really good. Um, but they start to talk about Candace filing the charges. So, of course, Giselle brings it up. She's basically a producer on this show, Giselle. She just always knows when to bring it up, when to move the storyline, all, all that. And Robin and Giselle say they don't want Monique to go to jail. And Candace says, uh, we don't want her to go to jail, implying that she does. And that's when Ashley sticks up for Monique. Now, Ashley wasn't there. She went to take a dump while this fight happened at the barn. Remember that? Ashley, they were all around that table in the barn, the Monique and Candace fight. And as it was going on, Ashley was taking a number two. Um, we don't actually know that she's taking number two, but you guys know I can't resist that. Uh, anyway, so Ashley was taking a dump, so she missed the part. She missed the fight. Um, but she was still sticking up for Monique. And they were telling her, like, look, Ashley, you weren't there. But Ashley says, look, Candace, you've been aggress aggressive towards me, so I get it. Candace says, Are you, is she paying you? Is Monique paying you? And Ashley says, I'm married to a millionaire. What do I need to be paid for? And then Candace says, congratulations, not for long. <gasps> you guys, I gasped. I gasped. And Ashley, she didn't have a comeback for that. She said, I'll be married for as long as I choose to be married. And <laughs> I don't know. I just, I wasn't very confident in that comeback, were you? I didn't feel very good about that uh, as a comeback. Like, I'll be married for as long as I want. It's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Candace came back with, I don't know about that. That's when Chris steps in and she, he tells Candace, you need to shut up. He says, shut up, you need to shut up. Stop. Meanwhile, none of Eddie's family showed up, which made me sad. Uh, Candace eventually confronts Karen. Karen says she doesn't want to disclose how she feels about the thing with Monique. Uh, and we all go home. It was the end of the night. Eddie and Wendy were still at this event, which was at a museum, a beautiful museum. And it looked like Eddie was upset in his eyes. He was upset that the family didn't come. Meanwhile, the boys of theirs were just on the floor picking up the money. And I was like thinking, that's well, that would have been me too. I would have either been at the buffet. 
you know, I used to love when I was a kid and my mom would throw a party. And when everyone would leave, that's when I'd like go to the food and just really go to town on the food. You know, like no one's there. I can just eat all the leftovers. That was really fun. <laughs> that was fun. That was a real high point for me as a child. Um, that's the end of the episode. Next week, we have Juan proposing, a little bit of Jamal. He's coming back, and everyone's mad at Karen. So that's the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I love you all so much for listening. And you guys, I have a really good interview. I have two really good interviews coming up very soon, either next week or the week after. So stay tuned. I, I'm excited. I'm very excited. So subscribe, tell your friends. We got some good ones coming up. Uh, also, I want to recommend that I have a new uh, spinoff podcast called It's a Very Merry Iconic Podcast. A Very Merry Iconic Podcast with my friend Jenna, and we talk about holiday films. So the first episode of that will be out uh, very soon. You can subscribe to that podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen. Please subscribe. And it's basically, we take a movie and we sort of recap it, but mostly we just use the movie as a jumping off point to talk about whatever we want. So the first episode of that will be a recap of the movie Casper. Remember the 1995 class, classic Casper? Uh, but really, we just go on a bunch of tangents and have fun, and I think it's silly and fun, and we do talk about the movies. Uh, and then after Casper, we'll be diving into some holiday films uh, later this year. So we're going to be doing about 10 episodes of that. Uh, so a very merry, iconic podcast. And if you want any of the Everything Iconic merch, Go to everythingiconic.store. We've got some new things up there. Also, there's Queen Icon Legend shirts uh, and new Wow Bethany Wow. So people were asking because we were sold out of uh, both of those for a little while. So uh, we just got new t-shirts in. So that's everythingiconic.store. We got new t-shirts. We also got new wine glasses in because those sold out as well. Uh, so check that out, everythingiconic.store. Please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. And if you click become a patron, you could donate $4 more per month, get access to the bonus episodes. I'm doing one a month, currently recapping Sex in the City from the beginning. And I just recapped the episode with Timothy Oliphant from season one of Sex in the City. He appears as one of Carrie's like 20 something uh, lovers. Uh, and it was a good episode. So check that out. And with all of that said, let's do a little breathing exercise. Let's calm down. Relax. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. As I know I mentioned, trying to reconnect with a loved one if you've lost touch. You know, reach out if you can. I know there's uh, different scenarios for different people. But if you find it in your heart that you might be able to get over a situation, maybe give them a call, shoot them an email, shoot them a text. Tweet them. <laughs> Tweet them. Uh, send them an Instagram DM. I love you all so much for listening. Stay safe. And uh, we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that 
thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Turn it.